Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store. I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? I'm good. I've been in self-isolation, so... Well, if you do go on holiday, I must admit I don't have much sympathy, but you were pretty lucky to go to Mexico and come back given that they've gone to the red status now. I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining. I know I'm lucky. I don't want people to come for me and my privilege, so... Not complaining at all. <laughs> so on today's episode, we're going to chat about destination addiction. And like, it made me think when we were talking about topics, that whole thing around trust the process and enjoy the process. But it's really true, isn't it? Like in lots of different areas, but particularly with campaigns as well, because it's making me think like everyone talks about going viral or having like that award and they kind of forget all the other things that you can kind of enjoy or learn from like as you go along. Yeah. So for those who don't know, destination addiction is a term which has been coined by many people, but there's a really good TED talk by Robert Holden. And what it is, it's a compulsive behaviour forced by this sort of belief that you will be happy when something happens in the future or at the next stop in time so it's all that thing of where you think when I get that job I will be happy when I get that promotion I'll be happy when I'm on x salary I'll be happy and it's always looking towards the other thing that will make you happy rather than looking at where you are now and I guess it's that thing of enjoy the process enjoy the journey I think so many people forget about like the here and now but yeah just enjoy today you're never going to get it back you're never going to get the planning stages of a comms strategy back again so enjoy it enjoy the brainstorming even when you don't go viral you know learn from it I guess that's my biggest takeaway and also hone in on your why why are you doing what you're doing why do you even want that salary that promotion that new job I think that's the same when I was thinking about skills like we talk about like when I've got my degree I've got my master's or when I'm charged or I've done certain like specialist things when I've learned how to do something or I've built that channel to be a certain way and actually forget about actually really enjoying learning a skill and actually really enjoying that test and challenge of yourself and particularly as a team like going through like crisis comms is a really good example like because ultimately you put risk plans and crisis comms plans in place to to handle the unexpected and things that you don't really want to have to deal with because you don't have to go through it but actually going through a a really stressful full-on crisis comms thing is a great experience in terms of developing your skills and like testing your plans and like you know you come through it as a team together and you're like wow can't believe we handled all that and and not that you necessarily enjoy it or think like I really want to go through it but it is really formative don't you think like sometimes even the bad things are actually really great things to learn from yeah so I've said before you know in the last two years I've worked on about three major crises and while you're in them you're you're thinking oh this has got to end you know I'm, I'm, I can't wait for this to end but at the same time you are learning from it you've got to think about okay so we're in this now and it does 
bring teams together. I think teams who have gone through certain experiences together are stronger. Sometimes it does identify certain issues such as people's egos and maybe weaknesses. But teams who do go through a crisis do have a certain kind of bond. And I don't say that lightly because I know crises can be really, really stressful and really, really difficult to go through. But it does bring teams together. I feel like with the whole past 18 months has been like a destination addiction thing. Like when we've got past this three weeks or when we've got through these few months and sometimes it's like, yeah, we have to kind of be okay living in the kind of situation we're in because I do feel like everything's been put on hold um, in a certain way, hasn't it? Yeah, coming out of lockdown is just one big destination thing where everyone's like, oh, when I come out of lockdown, I'm going to do this. Or when I come out of lockdown, I'm going to do that I'm going to travel I'm going to and I, I agree with people saying that but I think also it's what are you doing in that time period or what are you doing in that sort of space that you could enjoy life and enjoy certain things I mean I know lockdown's horrible and I know I have certain privilege where I can take a whole weekend and just read books but from last summer I think up until for about a year I read about two or three books a weekend now I know I don't have kids so I have more time to do those things but I enjoyed reading those books and discovering new things and it's a bad situation but you've just got to make the most of it agreed And so for our five minutes with today, we're talking about communicating with empathy. I guess something that has been throughout the pandemic has kind of been highlighted because we're dealing with such a sensitive kind of national issue that's affected lots of people personally. What's your take on empathetic comms? I've had to do a lot of empathetic comms in my time. It's hard. For me, it's easier and it's gotten easier over time and stand for some people it can be hard it can be awkward especially if you're not used to communicating to people in that way and I get why people sometimes especially if it's external comms people would rather use a statement and have wording rather than putting up a spokesperson internally it's sometimes harder to do that because you know you're seeing people face to face every day and whether that's on zoom calls or if you're in the office or doing sort of you work in front line but it is something that we all have to do at one point in our careers whether we like it or not and there's some really good articles on communicating things like death which has been written by Rachel Miller on her blog All Things I See and I know Vita Patel did one earlier in the pandemic on the CIPR inside it's a hard one and you have to really think about from a communications point of view who your spokespeople are and how trained they are to communicate in this way I think that's a really good point and it's also like the voices that you're going to use like you say and, and thinking about your audience and how they'll receive that message because I think sometimes you know I've worked in organisations where literally nothing would have got through legal were kind of over everything and they didn't want to sort of you know well if we say it like that it almost like takes responsibility and they're worried about tone of certain words and I think sometimes when it's been attacked in that way it becomes so corporate and so soulless you're not actually saying anything and I think there's a real risk at losing the empathy in your comms and being a person at it and I think and you see it all the time with you know either serious crime or serious news issues but when you've got a business leader that can talk in a real way like a person and think about how their audience might be feeling about that you know, you've got the Matt Hancock on one hand with the kind of slightly weird tears on a news report and it just felt really uncomfortable and disingenuous. And I don't know if that's because of the other media stuff we'd seen of him or whether he was trying too hard, but I think the media training of people is really important, but people skills, something is quite natural. And I think if that person doesn't have it, you need to look at what other routes you're doing that with. And also just thinking about your channels. I think sometimes empathy can be lost with quite an officious style of comms or in a print format rather than like a voice 
format or you know written comms may not have the tonation that you want someone to sound like so I think thinking about the channel is really important and when that's delivered and all those kind of things I think is really key yeah and I think sometimes it's also you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the person for example you know we've seen a lot of people fall victim to financial crimes for example and people can say oh well they were stupid why did they hand over their savings or transfer the money or say things like there's no get rich quick scheme that people can do so that you know why are you handing over your life savings and your pension but at the same time you've got to remember that you know the person is in that situation at that time they are the most vulnerable at that time and I think going into that mode of sort of blaming and and saying you know you should have known better at that point they know they should have known better all you're doing is just making them feel worse and I think sometimes it's important to maybe put yourself in their shoes and, and think about actually are you saying something that maybe you know there's that old saying and, and I guess somebody said it to me is sometimes you may know something and knowing it is okay but do you need to let somebody else know that you know that information just to make them feel worse or more stupid at that point yeah and, and I think sometimes we have to be really empathetic with how we communicate but also compassionate if you put people on a video call and you are communicating something like job losses are you going to do it with everyone there you know this is not the x factor where you put people in a room and say you've not made it to judges houses it's people's livelihoods it's people's mortgages it's people's families it's people's children there's so many things tied up in a job and why people work that if you are communicating something to people like that is it necessary to to do it in a group and also when you're doing on a group are you how many other people are there you know people are embarrassed in those situations so there's so many things to think about when communicating but I think also after you've done whatever it is you need to do so the process how does the communication happen after that you know I remember working somewhere and I won't say where but it was pretty horrible the way The communication went fine around finishing the contract and everything else. But what happened subsequently was there was a mix up with the HR system and all that kind of stuff. And actually the communication after that was quite horrible and it left a really horrible taste in my mouth and even when I speak to people at that organization now at the back of my mind I'm always thinking yeah but you're not that great at your employee experience because of how you communicated subsequently so in the moment you were fine but after that it was like yeah so it's all those things that you need to think about especially if you're dealing with employees about the whole life cycle it's not just at the point of which you're breaking the bad news to them how you communicate to them it's the whole thing I think even good news, right? So I did an internal comms project with an organisation that was effectively merging two aspects. And they're talking about like, well, we're going to put the office together. It'd be great. And senior management team had had this discussion and they were all like really on top of why, why the benefits and all the rest of it. So when they kind of just mentioned it, they were quite blasé, but they were like, well, stuff seems so irritating. Like they couldn't understand. And I was like, well, is this the first they've heard of it? They've not been privy to these discussions. And they were like, it's not a big deal. It's like, well, it won't be for you, but it's almost, it's thinking about like, even though there were positives, I think people naturally don't like change. So I think that whole piece around change management and empathy needs to be really considered. And just thinking about like allowing people that space to kind of come around to it. If there's consultation that's needed, like bring them around kind of gradually. I did loads of like consultation projects when I was in higher education, actually with like estates and like the local community and stuff. And the process seemed slow and arduous, but it was really important because people want to feel like they've been able to say their concerns or have them heard. I think that's really important. Like even when you, you know, as leaders might have a really great idea and, and be really positive about it, staff might take time because they haven't been in those discussions. And I think as comms sometimes 
becomes particularly internal, you're kind of representing those different audiences and thinking about how they might receive those different messages. So yeah, it's not like easy, but I think if you put people first about how they would feel about certain things and opportunities to have opinion and come back, I think like that sets you off on like a good track. Yeah, and I think I know people have been doing public apologies from brand accounts. So for example, you know, it's Juventus Female Football Club. They made an apology. Oh my God. That was And the thing is, is and I know like I watch Love Island, but there are some things on Love Island that have been pretty horrendous and there's been no apology. And I think also if you're communicating about certain issues, you've got to have a balance and a fairness. When your apology then sort of dancing on the line of gaslighting people I think you really need to think about whether you're actually communicating in an empathetic way and a compassionate way to people who have been affected by certain things such as racial trauma or even domestic violence and I say this in reference to Love Island but it's really thinking about are we just dancing around the issue people just need to get over it sort of thing you know it's important to be quite mindful about how you say things publicly and yeah we're not in the market for I'm sorry that you were offended kind of apologies that you see on social and the Juventus one was like I don't know how they could have made it worse but somehow they really did we'll link to it in the show notes but yeah it was an astounding like really badly handled moment Thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes. We're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you. So DM us on social or get in touch with Harriet at commsovercoffee.com or myself Rebecca at threadandfable.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate, review, subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us. Find us on Twitter at RebeccaRobert7 or at Harriet Smalsey. Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Tap into your neighbourhood at nextdoor.co.uk or download the app from your app store.